This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, we are back here again with the one and only Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Today, we wanted to talk a little bit about a different end of the process that we haven't really gone into before. We've talked a lot about buying property, purchasing property in Italy, buying a home in Italy, buying an apartment in Italy. But today, we wanted to talk about selling. What does that look like here in Italy? So Marco, say you've already got a seller, you're already starting the process. What do things look like? First of all, you can expect somebody who is interested in purchasing your property in Italy to send you a formal proposal uh, by which they show formally and legally their interest in buying your property and they tell you how much they're willing to pay. We have discussed about this in Italy. It's not uncommon to offer a price that is lower mm-hmm. than the price uh, that you want to sell your property for. So just be sure that you remember that when you sell your property and when you, for example, list it online on a certain website, that maybe you want to list it for a higher price than what you're actually willing to accept. But anyway, when you receive the offer, normally the offer will give a deadline by which you either have to accept it or refuse it or do nothing. And if you do nothing, of course, it is meant as uh, it is um, as if you didn't accept it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if you do accept it, you have to let the interested buyer know. You have to either countersign the proposal um, or you have to send an acceptance letter. So you have to formally and uh, legally show that you're accepting the proposal. Now, at which point you normally enter into a preliminary agreement. Now, it is common in Italy at this stage um, of the process for the buyer to pay a uh, deposit on the overall price. It could be a 10% of the price, a 30% of the price. Now, this needs to be agreed upon between the parties. And uh, it could be paid by check or via wire transfer. And normally you do that because when the buyer has to get a mortgage to get your property, you to buy your property, you normally allow some time, some weeks, in some cases a couple of months, for them to be able to obtain the mortgage and, and be able to come up with the money. Um, so that's why in Italy it happens that, it normally, that you normally do enter into a preliminary agreement and then you give the time to the buyer to do what they have to do to get the money uh, and then you enter into a final contract which is a subsequent contract. Now under Italian law if you change your mind and you no longer want to sell your property at this stage of the process you may be forced to give back to the buyer to the interested buyer the double of the deposit that you received. In other words the buyer is entitled to request that you refund not only the amount that he paid or that she paid uh, for the property but also an additional amount equal to the amount that was paid at the beginning. On the other hand, 
if it is the interested buyer that no longer wants to proceed with the purchase, you are entitled to retain the portion of the money that was given to you uh, when you entered into the preliminary agreement. And you can hold on to the whole portion of that, 100% of the 10%, for example. Exactly, yes. Interesting. So when you're selling here, you have to be very sure that you want to sell. So once you've received the first proposal and then the preliminary agreement has already been entered into, as the owner, what's the next concern that you need to be aware of? Now, the final step of the process is signing the final contract before a public notary, which in Italy is a public official, uh, which will certify the transaction. Now, if you can't be present before the public notary, you can delegate somebody else to attend the meeting uh, on your behalf uh, through a power of attorney, uh, through which you give the power to, to your agent to act in your name and on your behalf. Someone like you, for example. That's a service that we offer for our foreign clients that do have properties in Italy and then want to sell mm -hmm. them and cannot attend the meeting before the notary, which is a mandatory step. So you cannot sell your property unless you do it through a notary because the notary for real estate transactions, uh, legally speaking, he or she need to be involved in the transaction and need to needs to certify the transaction and uh, make sure that everything is in order, that the, pro that the seller has the right to sell and that the buyer has the right to buy. So it's a very important step uh, and a very formal step. Mm -hmm. um, it's normally a meeting during which the notary reads the deed uh, in full to the parties which are identified uh, through their ideas, they're present. If there are multiple sellers or multiple buyers, everyone needs to be present unless one gives power of attorney to the other. And um, during the meeting, if all the parties accept the terms of the contract, uh, at that point, the buyer will have to hand over the check to pay for the property. Um, or um, in some cases, the buyer will have paid uh, the full price of the property into the notary's dedicated account, and the notary will release the funds only after um, the sale has gone through. Now, um, there are situations where the bank may have to attend the meeting with the notary really? if there was a mortgage on the property. So if a portion of the price needs to be paid to the bank, there could be a bank representative in this situation, like a portion of the price will be paid to the seller and a portion of the price will be paid to the bank to cover the uh, remaining installments of the mortgage. Fascinating. And in that type of situation, uh, would you have to pay the, the person from the bank a service fee for this? Or they're just happy to be there because they're getting paid? Normally, no, they don't charge a fee to show up in person. After all, they're collecting money, but they may charge a fee to the seller because the mortgage is being um, ended uh, and paid off uh, sooner than uh, the scheduled time. Interesting. That makes sense because that's something I've, of course, always to consider that if you do have a mortgage and uh, you enter into uh, an agreement for 20 years, 10 years, 30 years, whatever it is, uh, that if you do try to pay that off earlier, that can end up costing you more than if you were to let it run for the full period. So once you've already gone through the process with the notary and the buyer, 
is it at that point that you are officially not the the owner of that property anymore or is there a next step that something has to be officially done otherwise so the person who buys legally becomes the owner of the property uh, when the deed of property is signed before the notary which is when normally uh, one of the parties is paid in full and and gives the keys of the uh, property to the other party. Now, uh, normally at the time of the meeting with the notary, you will be given a temporary receipt uh, showing that you became the proper property owner, uh, all the details of the property, the name of the seller, the buyer, and and all of the important details. But then, normally after a month. Uh, the notary will be able to release to you a certified copy of the property deed, which will also be registered and recorded in a specific registry, um, which is which can be accessed by anybody. It's a public registry that you can consult and see who is, at a certain moment in time, the owner of a specific property, which kind of property is specifically owned, uh, how many um, are the owners, if it's a joint uh, like a property uh, owned by jointly by several individuals or if there is one single owner. These are public registries which can be accessed by anybody. And after the sale is made, is there any obligation that the former owner of the property has or are they completely off the hook? Everything is done. They have no more concerns about things moving forward. Well, theoretically, that is it. So there's nothing else that the seller has to do at that point since he's no longer the owner of the property, but it's customary to facilitate the buyer. Uh, for example, when it comes to changing the name on the con- utilities contracts, mm-hmm. um, it's possible that the buyer will need maybe the last utility bill to see all the details and change uh, the contract, the names on the contract. Or I, I've seen it's quite common that uh, the buyer and the seller maybe remain in contact for just a few days to make sure that the buyer has all uh, they need to um, use the property. They have all the keys, for example, for all the doors. Uh, maybe uh, there's a missing key for the storage downstairs. So it's mm. it's not unheard of that the buyer contacts the seller and, and say, uh, says, hey, um, I'm missing this key. Where can I find it? Or do you happen to have a copy? Interesting. So really, for all intents and purposes, it's pretty much done. Maybe just a little few details here and there, but nothing major that as a seller you should be concerned about that you're not going to have to pay a fine or a fee or or a this or that. It's pretty much good to go other than unless you need to take care of some bills and so on. Exactly. Well, absolutely wonderful. So I think this is actually a great place then to round out this episode. And of course, if anybody is needing help with this process, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com. There they can find our telephone number and email address. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this about purchasing property in Italy and what is involved with everything, or like this episode, selling property in Italy, make sure that you are subscribed to this YouTube channel or to the audio-only podcast on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But if you're also subscribed to the YouTube channel, you also are automatically subscribed to the Italian Citizenship Podcast that Marco and I also collaborate on. Also, if you happen to be interested about life in Italy, living in Italy, and living in Italy as an Italian dual citizen, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia, or you can find my audio-only podcast, Not Your Average Globetrotter, on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And of course, we have been here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. I'm Rafael Di Furia. 
We will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.